Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, if you want in, 1-800-529-5572 or 874-9390 if you happen to be local. Or you can go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message. It pops up in studio. It's time for show and tell. But before I do that, are uh, you guys coming to the Christmas dinner on the 16th? Yes. Indeed. Yep. on it. Yep. Looking forward to it. Are you bringing your bride, Chuck? Um, I hope to. There's, uh, you know, we have a... Uh, Chuck, it, either you bring her or you don't show up. I mean, it's... Well, I might not be there then. You know, we, we have the sister-in-law that is really in, uh, just battling cancer. Oh, okay. And she she may be going in to help them out. Okay. Now, Rhonda's afraid if he comes, he'll buy another gun. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to know, did you buy the flamethrower from a few weeks um, ago? Well... I have to say this on the advice on the advice of counsel. I wish to assert my Yeah, I've spoken to him about this. <laughs> oh boy! All right, time for show and tell. I want to start with the Sig, uh, the MCX. What 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 gives with this? This looks fascinating. So this is the MCX Spear, which is the civilian version of the U.S. Army's new XM7 rifle. Um, so the Army is adopting this in the. 6.8 Fury round. Um, we won't be able to buy that round at all. Uh, we will get the 277 Fury version of that. Um, so the cartridge they're making for the military is a steel composite case uh, mated to a brass, um, I guess, shoulder and neck. That is loaded above any pressures that any brass cartridge can handle. So it's going to be extremely powerful, you know, in and above anything that anyone making brass-cased rifle cartridges will be, will be able to achieve. So pretty impressive, um, very innovative for them to do that. And I, it, I guess we really won't know what it's capable of because we're never going to experience it. But it seems like it's, it's going to be the wave of the future for small arms for military use. They're actually making this for the military in a belt-fed version and a, a rifle. Um, so it's going to replace the 249 saw and the M4 in some units, maybe all units. I'm not sure how widely it's going to be deployed, but awesome features on this gun. Everything's ambidextrous. Unlike the SCAR, um, the lower is all aluminum. Everything's anodized. The colors match pretty well. If you've got a SCAR, you know, you got you know four different colors of tan on it <laughs> and some people really dislike that this Garth, is yes you had me at belt fed yeah um <laughs> well and you know fn selling semi-automatic 249s so maybe sig will catch on to that bandwagon and offer some semi-automatic versions of the spear oh, man. in a belt fed which would be about the coolest thing i've oh. heard all year but so these were just released uh they've been they've been on the market for a few months this is the first one we've been able to get. So wow. super rare. Um, for for some reason, most of the first ones that came out were um, short barreled rifles or pistols. Um, this is the first rifle we've been able to get in 308, and it it has everything. It it's got a regular AR style charging handle, but it also has an FN FAL style side charger, so you can use either or. They're non reciprocating. All the controls are ambidextrous, so you've got a mag release and a bolt catch. On both sides, uh, safety selector on both sides. Uh, it's almost like no matter what you like, it's there, yes. all in one package. Um, so it's a gas piston system, uh, and the recoil system is in the receiver. So the buttstock folds, and it's a telescoping buttstock. So 
you know, set your length, fold the stock out of the way to, to store it or tuck it in your car or to transport it. Uh, adjustable gas block. And so here's what's cool. The gas block is wholly protected by the handguard, but they've made a little cutout in the handguard so you can get your finger in so you don't have to come in from the front of the handguard to depress the detent to change the gas port settings, which I really like. You can just you know hold the rifle up, slip your finger into the port from the hole, and then reach up and turn the knob to adjust the gas settings. And then on the on the front edge of the handguard, it's engraved, and it says suppressed. And um, what is, what's, the, what's the other side say? Just regular or normal at the very front of the handguard? Uh, I'm not seeing it. Oh, here. Yeah, it says normal on one side, and it's got an arrow, and then on the opposite side it says suppressed. Oh, there, so you know okay. where the gas port settings are, without having to, uh, um, you know, remember or look on the manual or something. And then the muzzle device is threaded for SIG suppressor, which is the, I, I believe the Army's purchasing with suppressors equipped on all these. It's the uh, SLX line of suppressors, so they've got a mil spec suppressor system that the gun is already set up to accept. Um, it's got a match trigger. Trigger's awesome. And the grip appears to be an AR-style grip, so it looks like any AR-15-style grips will fit this if you don't happen to like the one that SIG's putting on it. And it operates off of SR-25 uh, pattern magazines, so AR-10 pattern magazines, uh, Knight's Armament. Uh, the Magpul PMAGs are all SR-25 compatible, and that's what this gun ships with is a 20-round SR-25 magazine. Uh, for a 308 rifle, it's fairly light as well, uh, especially for being, you know, no plastic other than the buttstock and the pistol grip. That is a nice trigger. So if if somebody goes to Graf's uh, and buys this, they'll probably be like the only one in, in uh, the state that's got one. I mean, these things are... Maybe not the only one, but you're definitely, you're definitely in rarefied air because um, not many of these have been released. And you've got it at Crafts. Yep. When will it be back in the building? I will, I will have it back in the building on Monday. Um, we've got it tagged at 4200 bucks, But with all the innovations on this, um, you know, the scars are trading just a little bit below this. But they've been out for 15 years. Um, but this, is, this has got, you know, another 15 years worth of development on it. And the gas piston system looks to be much more robust and much cleaner. So I, I'm expecting this to outperform the SCAR, you know, pretty pretty easily, especially since the Army's adopting this after they've already had SCARs in service for a while. Wow, that is really, really neat. Uh, show it to Chuck again. Put it in Chuck's hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because, uh, uh, well... There you go, Chuck. Yep, there he goes. Uh, we'll just uh, we'll just let Chuck longingly and lovingly caress that, uh, and somebody should call his wife and keep her from listening to the program. Well, oh, well. and so if you are interested in the two seventy seven Fury when it's available, the barrel interchange. So there's a quick chain. Well, I guess it's not quick, but there's a there's a fairly simple procedure for swapping the barrel out. So you'll be able to convert it to alternate calibers. Man, this and is that, just incredible. So, and this is this is the large frame version. There is also a five five six seven six two three hundred blackout version. So, same barrel change system on those. So, if you get one gun, you can make it the other calibers as well. 
I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, that is just, uh, I've never seen anything like that. That is fabulous. Listen, we're up against the clock, but we're not done with show and tell. Oh, nay, nay, Perlene, Springfield is in the building. And that's next on Gary on Guns. And it is Gary on Guns, and it is show and tell. And Garson from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri, well worth the ride. I'm telling you, everything from reloading to targets to firearms to used and new and shotgun. I mean, they've got it all. Uh, but uh, today, we, we've got a Springfield uh, that is a really... Uh, look at those grips on this thing. Give me the details on this Springfield. Yeah, those are walnut grips on this uh, SA, yeah. SA-35 high-power clone from Springfield Armory. So they, they did a pretty faithful job in recreating um, a basic high-power. Um, they even decided for some reason to go with um, the first-generation... Um, safety, which is left or uh, right hand only, so I'm a little disappointed in that. Um, I'm still trying to find out if I can buy an aftermarket um, ambidextrous safety for this, um, so I can buy it. <laughs> so, but yeah, so they did two things: they increased the magazine from the standard 13 rounds to 15 rounds on this version, and they omitted completely the magazine safety. So. That was one of the big negatives to the Browning High Power or any High Power made um, by Browning FN or under license like the Canadian Inglis High Powers. They had a spring-loaded plunger behind the trigger guard that um, was uh, pressed against the magazine. And as long as the magazine was there to press it forward, the trigger would operate. Without a magazine present, no trigger function. So pretty much... Everyone who knew how or everyone who could pay someone to remove that removed it to get rid of that magazine uh, disconnect. It made the trigger a lot better. And then, of course, you could actually fire the gun without a magazine. Hmm. This is uh, nice. And uh, let me see here. Nine, nine millimeter. Okay. Uh, 745 bucks. That's nice. Yeah. They, they've done a really good job on this. They've, they've, cleaned, they've cleaned up the design nicely i think you know most it, it fits in to where most people you know would have expected you know browning to take the high power but for some reason never never really thought to modernize it especially you know aftermarket companies were making 15 uh, 16 17 round magazines for it um while the browning was still in production and there's the other thing so browning is not making high powers any longer um fn did announce that they are bringing back their version of the high power and they've pretty much, instead of bringing back, you know, a reproduction or a, a previous generation, they've gone forward and have made a new generation of high power from them. It's got a 17-round magazine, but I think it's actually a bigger gun overall, so it's not the same um, slavette size as the original, which this one is. I thought, I thought I read that they were going to do this maybe two years ago. Uh, and this is the first one I've seen. Uh, am I right that they've been, you know, they announced this some time ago? Yes. I I don't remember if it was last year or, or this year. I, I, I want to say it was early this year when they released it. So looking at the serial number, this is in the 38,000 range. So I don't know if they, like, started with, like, a 3,000, 30,000 prefix or if they've actually made close to 40,000 of these. Um, if they have, I don't know where they've all been going. I do know that this is the NRA gun of the year, 
So I'm assuming the NRA banquets are getting a ton of these guns in NRA livery uh, for banquets. But I, I can't see where close to 40,000 of these have gone. And this is, this is the first one I was able to get my grubby little hands on. I wanted one of these when I first read about it. I still want one of these. Well, especially when, you know, OG high powers are trading, you know, for a grand or more. And depending on the version, um, like I just found out one of the high powers I have is worth like six times what I paid for it. So I, I don't really know if I want to shoot that one as much as I had been. <laughs> since or it, since sell it and buy six more. Yeah, since it's appreciated so much. Well, I paid more for that than two of these would have cost. And it's now even more pricey. So, um Nice setup. They upgraded the sights. It's got a white dot front sight and then a U-notch rear sight, which I really like. I, those U those U-notch rear sights um, are have quickly become my favorite type of sight, uh, starting with that Trigicon um, with a bright yellow uh, front sight. I I really love that night sight setup from Trigicon, but the way they did this one, I uh, the only negative for me is that it's not ambidextrous, but I'm I'm pretty sure I can fix that um, for like 100 bucks. Well, since I am ambidextrous, I suppose this would work for me no matter what. Hmm. Yeah, all right. I'm stu I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> Oh, that's so unfair. Uh, let me just ask Dale what he thinks of the trigger pull. Uh, it's not a 1911, but it's not bad. Yeah. Well, everyone claims that um you know, the 1911 was the pinnacle of handgun design, but he designed this after the 1911, so it should be an improvement on it. Gotcha. And it <sighs> may just be that it's a new gun and the trigger, you know, if you put 500 rounds through it, it may feel a little different. Well, and compared to a box stock Browning, this trigger is clean. I yeah. mean, it's crisp, um, minimal take-up, and it's a little spongy after, after the sear breaks. But this is a very shootable trigger to me. Okay. I, I, I've bought more expensive guns with worse triggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And the, fact, is... and the fact that I don't have to go back and, and disassemble it to take out the magazine safety from the get-go to make it a usable trigger is, is a great plus to me. That is nice. All right. I'm done drooling. I got to move on because uh, we've got so much more ground to cover. Uh, and this, uh, Garson, really uh, kind of applies to you. Apparently, uh, Squaw Warren, uh, the senator uh, from Massachusetts, wants to reinstate uh, merchant, gun, uh, merchant codes for gun stores. And I don't understand the point of it. And I, I, maybe you can make some sense of it. If I walk into uh, Graf's, and I buy a box of targets, um, maybe I get uh, a, a couple of optics, a few other things, and I drop some money, use my credit card. How do they know what I've bought? How do they know that I didn't buy a rifle? Or if I did buy a rifle, how do they know that it wasn't uh, the, the targets and the optics? And uh, what what's the point of this? Do you know? No, they, they don't know it specifically what you purchased they just know that you are are purchasing from a known gun dealer so i guess that's just going to put you on a list somewhere for 
for for future cleansing use. For, for future cleansing use. <laughs> Chuck, does it make sense to you that they don't know what you're buying? Why? Just because you bought. What if you go into um, Bass Pro and you buy a small boat? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. They, they don't know it's what just, you bought. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, or you know, a bunch of dog chew toys. You know, you're still going to be on the same list, apparently. Clothes, shoes. Yeah, you can buy a lot of stuff in Bass Pro. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't make sense. I, usually, I can tell what their ulterior motive is. Uh, maybe, maybe what she's really thinking is, yeah, we may have some mistakes made, but we'll also know when somebody went to a gun store and bought a gun. Well, and you know, I think if they're going to draw assumptions from those purchases, it becomes a backdoor gun registration. That that's kind of, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be a bigger net than what they need. But the net's going to catch everyone they want to catch. Yeah. And it's a step forward in their efforts just to contain and identify, you know, gun buyers and, and to put pressure on businesses that sell guns yeah. to well, put them in a category. If, if the next check's results are evident of anything, they're not afraid of false positives. So they can, the, the other thing is, they can say right now, if you're in that store and you uh, make that purchase or you make a purchase, we get to know. But somewhere down the road, and this is what happens with big government, that could be more detailed. Uh, maybe somewhere down the road they say, uh, we want to know what was on the purchase order. And then they've got what they want, and they've done yeah, it they, incrementally. They could increase their demand of information. Yeah. Um, or, you know, states like us that have legalized weed now i guess they can look up your look up your purchases oh you bought stuff at graf and sons and you've bought stuff at the local weed dispensary so we think you're violating the law so we're going to charge you for being a drug user and owning firearms yep if you just have the uh, uh the medical marijuana card even if you haven't purchased any does that there, there Dale, a, does that mean you can't buy a gun? Well, there was an ATF letter on that to FFLs that said, you know, if someone has a card, then you have a presumption that they are an illegal drug user and you should not sell them a gun, a firearm. But, um, you know, but dealers have no access to that information, so I don't know how they're expecting us to even but, figure that out. Right, and, it, and this letter said something about, you know, if you know somebody has that, well... So I guess if a friend of mine comes in the store, and I know that he or she has it, but if a stranger just comes in and goes, I want to buy that SIG, uh, okay, here, you know, fill out the 4473. And again, that, that ATF, like advisory letter or whatever they call it, um, didn't say you must or you shall not. It said, if you know, then you should not sell them. It's just another sort of... Well, I think if they were corner things in, if they were that concerned about it, I would think they'd make that a question on the forty four seventy three. All right, uh, we're up against the clock. We got some calls on the line. We're going to get to them also, as long as we're talking about dealers and government regulations. Uh, we got some information from Garson and Fentanyl and fully automatic weapons. Uh, we'll we'll get to that next. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we've got uh, Garson in from Graffs uh, in Mexico, Missouri. Dale Roberts is on board with us. MoGunLaw.com and of course 
Chuck Basie with us, uh, former state representative, Second Amendment supporter. Uh, we've got some uh, ATF uh, updates here. A guy in Springfield, Missouri, sentenced to 35 years for fentanyl conspiracy and illegal firearms. We're seeing a lot of this. Uh, if you've got guns and, and uh, illicit drugs, <laughs> you're, you're in trouble. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, California is defying the Supreme Court, uh, Supreme Court uh, the, by imposing a myriad of new restrictions on public gun possession. The story is at Reason Magazine. Uh, but before we do all that, let me get Chris on the line. Chris, good morning. Hey, we're talking about the credit card uh, reporting and coding. I've always been a little curious to who codes your business on the credit card situation. Is that something they let you pick off a box on, or does the bank do it for you, or whatever? I've never had a credit you know, card uh, account on that end. And I'm thinking maybe it's one of those cases to where you should, you know, start Graf's, uh, you know, chocolate company and, and uh, I don't know, sporting goods accessories or something on, on, your, on your account, you know, and then you could just be selling chocolate to everybody, or toys, or whatever business you want to be in. I'd, I don't know if you're allowed to, to change that, or how it how how it's able to do that, but I'm thinking, you know, if, if your account's coded a different way, how would they even know? Uh, you know, well, that is actually kind of a, a bit of a problem with the whole thing. Well, yeah, and I'm saying, yeah, they used to have a gas station up there. Maybe you could uh, go back to that. I'm just saying, you know, it should be a way to skirt that a little bit or have a second business and just bill everything through that. But that's just my thought. On the other thing, you had a previous caller there, Gary, and I think it just proves that if you don't eat your meat and you get that lack of B vitamins, it affects your brain function. <laughs> just saying. Uh, that's the uh, morale call that uh, we, we heard from him earlier in the week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what would be fun? Would uh, Garson would be like if you guys opened up a, a thumbtack retail store <laughs> selling thousands of dollars worth of thumbtacks every day. So we've been signed up with our credit card processor for decades so I'm not sure how the process works either, but I believe that based on what you sell, your the company you hire to process your transactions assigns you a merchant code. Right, and and how they know that is my question. I assume they don't come visit. So I was thinking, you know, you could always uh, well, clever I, people could come up with a. You have two different lines there. You know, you and the, the toy store next door, and you just sell a lot of toys. I'm just getting, you know, just my idea. I was, I'm always for skirting the. Uh, the stupid regulation, if you can. Well, so Chris, yeah, I, speaking of business, uh, the IRS is on their way to, to uh, visit you, so have your record. Sure, as soon to... as they trace this call, yes. Yeah. <laughs> have a good day, guys. All right, Chris, thank you. Well, and it reminds me, I was at a seminar for work this summer and saw a thing from a restaurant that that they had their menu, and it showed how they bill on their menu. And so if you ordered a glass of wine, on the receipt it would say, you know, box of 500 staples. Or, you know, if you ordered, you know, whatever, it'd say a uh, big pen or manila full so that you could get a receipt showing you spent $29 on office supplies when, in fact, it was wine and what have you. Well, that's kind of, see, that was my idea with the thumbtacks, you know. Yeah. Uh, get reimbursed. Graf's thumbtack store. Uh, and they'll think, oh, my God, are they ever moved? What is going on with thumbtack sales? In central Missouri. Uh, well, anyway. Listen, uh, Garson, you sent out uh, the uh, weekly news digest uh, that uh, apparently uh, has, well, some interesting uh, ATF stories on it. 
Springfield guy uh, who was sentenced to 35 years for fentanyl conspiracy and illegal firearms. Uh, I don't know, just since I'm against the drug war, none of this makes any sense to me. But what's uh, you know does he get a does he get a chance at parole is there i just thought it was interesting that there was three arrests in missouri that all involve fentanyl and illegal machine guns so and those were the guns we were talking about on the last show where somebody's bought a switch for whatever amount of money pocket money and changed the glock into something fully automatic well they didn't say if it was a switch or not a couple so of them did did it okay yeah, i didn't read all three of them but um Maybe uh, the one I the two the two I read before I left for the day uh, didn't say anything about being switches, but yeah, I mean, how is this so prevalent, and how is it easy so easy to get these machine guns in certain circles when you know me as a law-abiding citizen has to you know spend twenty, thirty, forty grand for a machine gun and then pay a, a two hundred dollar permission slip to the ATF to even acquire it? Um, I, I, you know. And they complain about gun violence. Well, these are clearly illegal, illegal guns. Stop these illegal guns. Well, doesn't this epitomize this, the foolishness of gun control? It, it you does. don't have one. You're a law-abiding citizen. Uh, you've never gone out uh, shooting at people. Uh, you've never robbed a bank. You've never done anything wrong. But you can't afford to get a fully automatic weapon. On the other hand, the guys that are dealing drugs who couldn't pass a NYX check if their life depended on it, they got fully automatic weapons. Yeah. Well, and imagine if gun owners decided to take the route that um, narcotics users use, where they just disregard the law entirely and just use whatever illegal substances they want. Imagine if gun owners did that as prevalently as narcotics users. Uh, I don't know. The, the ATF would be kicking doors every hour on the hour. And, and these, uh, these triggers that they're putting in Glocks to make them fully automatic. I wonder if you, if at some point you can 3D print those. I think so. I think I'm that was one of the sure options. I'm pretty sure you can 3D print anything nowadays. Yeah. Especially with the metal 3D printers they have now. I mean, they're no longer just for prototyping. You can make functional parts, um, heavy, hard-use parts. There's a company 3D printing low-flow suppressors. So if it'll handle the pressures generated by a suppressor, I don't think there's much you can't make with one of those now. So, again, the bad guys will get them, even if they have to 3D print them. Because right now, well, I think I, they're I, buying them from China or something. Well, I, I still think it's easier to just smuggle them in along with all the drugs. But, yeah, any any high school kid who has, you know, who's up to speed on a 3D printer could be making these and selling them. Right. Uh, I think the switches are being shipped in from China, though. Like, yeah. through, through the mail. Yeah. And there's just nothing being done about that. It, I just find this totally astounding um, that it's... That it's the mail that, actually that works? prevalent? <laughs> if you have the switch, but it's not in the gun, is it illegal to have? I believe so, yes. So just having it, even if it's not installed, is illegal? Correct. And yet they're sending them through the mail. That's, uh, that's uh, pretty much the definition of feudal, isn't it? Uh, this war, uh, it's it just feudal. You, you, you can't 
You can't stop it. The well, best thing you can do is be... And they always say you can't regulate morality, and that's what this is. You know, law-abiding citizens are moral and follow the law, even if they don't agree with it. But then the people that are immoral don't care about the consequences, and they're going to keep doing it after they've been caught, after they've been caught. You know, they don't, they don't care about the repercussions. Unbelievable. Uh, Michael says, uh, no, he doesn't say. He asks, is there anything we can do about ATF agents trying to get information about gun buyers from gun stores? Uh, well, you know, the, the really successful way would have uh, libertarians in charge of everything, but I don't see, you know, if you've, got, if you've got a Democrat majority in the House and the Senate and the White House, there's nothing anybody can do except hopefully uh, take it to court and, and uh, challenge it. Um, but I think they're going to keep trying. Comments? Uh, Chuck, what do you think? Um, well, you know, it's it's just like here in Missouri. They, uh, the Democrats will never stop trying. So, um, you know, I can't remember. I think it was Reagan said, you know, we're just one generation, one generation away of losing a lot of our, our liberties and freedoms. Yeah. And... I, uh, we're, we're not going to be brought down by a foreign enemy. This country is going to be ended by death of a thousand cuts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. We're well on the way. All right. Um, I'm up against the clock. Well, when I come back, there's a survey taken. And I think the numbers are probably not accurate. I'll tell you what they're saying. And we'll run it around the table and see what the guys think. I'm Gary on Guns. Welcome to Gary on Guns. Uh, Chuck Basie is in, former state rep. We've got uh, Garson in from Graffs and Dale Roberts, MoGunLaw.com. There is a survey, uh, and apparently people were shocked by these numbers, but I think the numbers are wrong. Uh, this is uh, an NBC poll that was taken. And according to the uh, NBC article, more than half of American voters, 52%, say that they or someone in their household owns a gun. Uh, this is their NBC News national poll. And they went on to explain, according to the NRA, that the highest share of voters who say that they or someone in their household owns a gun in the history of the NBC News poll, uh, which apparently goes back to 1999. Uh, here's my problem with this. And I'll go around the table with this. I think this number is seriously underreported. I think it's way more than 52%. So if you got a phone call, uh, Garson, from somebody asking you if you had a gun in the house, what would you answer? Uh, I would not have answered the phone call to begin with. <laughs> well, but, yeah, you pick but, up the phone. But if I somehow got engaged in that conversation, I would not admit to owning anything to anybody, especially somebody I don't know. Yeah, uh, Dale, you wouldn't you wouldn't give an answer one way or the other, would you? Same thing. I don't answer calls from numbers that I don't know, and if somehow they got a hold of me, I certainly wouldn't answer their questions. Well, I keep calling you, and you don't pick <laughs> up the phone. Uh, maybe you, you you lost my phone number. I take your calls. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. You know, if it's an, if it doesn't show up in my caller ID as somebody I know, you know, let it go to voicemail. Yeah. And if I need to call them back, I'll call them back. But and I wouldn't call. A survey back, and I don't think I think NBC, ABC, CBS, their crowd is a more liberal crowd and less likely to be gun owners. You know, but, it, you know, and, and still, I don't think they they uh, I don't think the breakdown is uh, a subject to bias. 
in that respect. I think the bias is in that we as gun owners don't think it's anybody's business. Oh yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm, Chuck. I'm betting that uh, you'd have the same response. You just wouldn't Absolutely. give any answer at all. Probably wouldn't even answer it, and I certainly wouldn't uh, engage if they were asking. Oh, come on now, like Chuck. That. I know you uh, enjoy those conversations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, still confused about how that's a health care issue and your doctor's office asked you if you have firearms in your home. Yeah. yeah. How do you respond to that? I mean, they would have to assume if you tell them, I wouldn't tell you that whether I had them or not, that you do. Uh, I've given up on health care and now use essential oils and healing crystals. Oh, well, it's been nice <laughs> knowing you. <laughs> you never know when Garson is serious or not. YouTube videos for minor surgeries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I got a sharp knife. You were you were good hard. until you did that self appendectomy. <laughs> that that uh, that didn't work out too well. Wh which doctor did that on the expedition to the Antarctic? I don't know. That's pretty freaking impressive. Oh, did a self appendectomy? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yep. I, I assume he had some help. Somebody holding the mirror. Well, or... It was like one of the first expeditions to the to the North Pole, the South Pole. I forget which one, but he was the ship's doctor. And freaking had to do an appendectomy on himself. Oh, my. My, my, my. Th those dudes had to be tough as freaking nails. Yeah, because he couldn't be anesthetized. I, I think he used alcohol, is oh. if I remember how the story went correctly. So not only did the surgery himself, he did it inebriated. Drunk. Yeah. <laughs> There's a part of my anatomy that's up in my throat. I, I one day hope to be that manly. <laughs> yeah. But my point here, getting back to the story, is... That the 52%, while it seems reasonably impressive, is, I think, an underreport. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's much higher than that because none of us would be answering those questions. So if they're surprised at 52%, I think they'd be stunned at the truth. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Uh, as we run down on time here, and I, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to uh, run out of time without reminding everybody of the two firearms that uh, Garson brought in uh, from, uh, from Graf's in Mexico, Missouri, especially, especially that, uh, that rifle. So give them a quick update before I move on so I don't forget. Yeah, somebody's going to have a Merry Christmas. Uh, so we've got the SIG uh, 308 MCX Spear, which is the civilian version of the Army XM7 weapon system, and a high-power clone from Springfield Armory called the SA-35. Uh, I'm telling you, that rifle is amazing. If you didn't hear the recap on it, um, it, it just go down to, to Garson, uh, go down to uh, uh, Graf's and, and take a look through it. Or look it up on the World Wide Web, uh, or the interwebs as it's known, uh, <laughs> because it is really, really amazing. A California law that is scheduled to take effect January 1th will impose a host of new restrictions on public possession of firearms. This according to Reason Magazine. That may seem counterintuitive since Senate Bill 2 is the state legislature's response to the U.S. Supreme Court's uh, uh, Bruin decision, which upheld the Second Amendment uh, and the right to carry guns for self-defense outside the home. But California, like several other states, with discretionary carry permit policies, uh, that had been revised because of Bruin is attempting an end run around the decision by simultaneously making permits easier to obtain but harder to use. They never stop, do they, Dale? 
No, they don't. And that's why I like Senator Bratton's bill to at least make it a personal offense and punish, uh, you know, government officials who attempt this stuff. We go to sleep when we think we've won. Oh, yeah. And they just go back and dream about more more ways to get around it. And at the moment, there's no there's no reason for them not to, other than it's immoral and, and unconstitutional. But it doesn't cost them anything. The taxpayers pay the government attorneys to defend the illegal acts, and you know they don't. There's they have no skin in the game. Yeah, we have to come up with the money out of our pockets. They just take the money from the taxpayer uh, to pursue these things. Um, the, uh, by the way, this is not alone. They're not alone in California. This approach is being taken in New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Hawaii. Um, St. Louis, Kansas City. Yeah, it's just, not, it's just not going to stop. And I, I, it, the, there will be a need for gun owners of America, uh, the NRA, uh, and all these other Second Amendment supporters forever because they will never stop trying to take your guns. And if they can't take the guns, they'll take the ammo. And if they can't take the ammo, they'll they'll say you can carry the gun, but you can't carry it in 99% of the places. Uh, it, it, it's just... They'll make it unaffordable, too. They, 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 they've tried to do that on multiple levels. They'll, they'll start taking the people. Yeah. Yeah. Tax the snot out of everything. Um it's just, it's relentless. You cannot give up on this. And I continue to pray every night for the health of some of our U.S. Supreme Court justices. If we lost one, uh, we'd be in trouble. Well, I, I pray that they don't have a problem either. But uh, don't we have a, well, I guess, I guess we've got, uh, technically we've got a, a, a two-judge edge. But I don't trust Roberts. Exactly. Mm. He, he's... Um, by conservative, if you will, um, sometimes liberal, sometimes not, and it's it scares me. Now, Brian, where are we at for time? Because I got a couple of more stories. I'm out of time. I can't do any more. I will see you guys again next Saturday at CC City Broiler at 12 noon. In the meantime, whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem, grandbaby. Honey, I'm coming home.